Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my producer, Lindsay, and we are streaming from beautiful downtown Moscow, Idaho today. And today we had a last-minute cancellation of our guests, and I'm, I'm wishing the best for her. Uh, we will have her back on at the NANSA, where we can talk about how hospitals and insurance companies are ripping patients off with the preferred provider networks. You might be surprised uh, to, to hear a lot of the things that are going on in the collusion. So it's like a, it's like a cartel. It really honestly is. So um, we just switching up topics. And... Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about vitamin D today and along with thyroid. Uh, there's a lot of things your doctor might not have told you about thyroid. But I also wanted to talk about vitamin D because vitamin D has been in the news a lot lately uh, when it comes to helping your immune system and with uh, COVID-19 and preventing preventing problems with COVID-19. So I want to talk a little bit about vitamin D. A lot of the questions was about dosing. Uh, what kind of vitamin D and what kind of dose should should somebody take? So we're going to go into that a little bit. So what is vitamin D? Um, vitamin D, and specifically when I when I say vitamin D, I mean vitamin D3. That is the active form of vitamin D3, also known as cholecalciferol. We'll get into that a little bit later. If you look at vitamin D, it's got a cholesterol backbone. You know how we vilify cholesterol, and you know if you followed me long enough on um, our podcast that I say regularly that cholesterol is not a villain. Without cholesterol, we will die. Uh, cholesterol is in every cell in the body, and it is very important. One of the things it's important for is building hormones. Yes, vitamin D has a cholesterol backbone. Yes, vitamin D is a hormone, uh, which means that it does many, many things in the body. In pharmacy school, I learned that vitamin D was pretty much just to help you get strong bones. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about that today. That is more than just about bones. And we're going to learn about dosing. Because in pharmacy school, I learned about the wrong dosing. And, and I was told how dangerous vitamin D was because it is a fat-soluble vitamin. And so you can't overdose from it. But we'll talk about that a little bit later, how that is, is really rare and you have to take really high doses. So it has a cholesterol backbone. Vitamin D is normally produced in our skin in response to sunlight. Uh, UV rays specifically, UV ra UVB rays even more specifically. B, UVB, remember when you remember about UV rays, B is the bad rays. B's, B rays are, there's A and B. B are the ones that cause... Um, skin cancer. So that's the bad part. So we always talk about how important it is when we go out in the sun to use sunscreen or cover up, minimize our sun exposure. And that is a good recommendation, definitely, because we don't want to get skin cancer. Um, however, when we don't, when we aren't out in the sun and aren't being exposed, we don't get um, vitamin D produced in our skin. Now, let's also mind you, let's also remember that Vitamin D, depending on where you're at latitude-wise, or the sun does not hit you directly in your skin, depending on where you're at latitude-wise. So if you're near the equator, equator, it hits you directly all year round. If you're up north, like we are in, in um, Washington, um, the sun does not hit you as directly, especially in the winter, obviously. And so even if you are outside, uh, you will not get as much vitamin D uh, production in your skin because the rays aren't hitting you like they would at the equator. So, yes, vitamin D is fat-soluble. What does that mean? That means that it doesn't – it's not 
eliminated out of the body immediately, you know, like a lot of the water-soluble vitamins, um, you know, like B vitamins, most B vitamins, not all B vitamins, but vitamin C and so on. They're eliminated um, in the urine usually um, right away. Vitamin D is stored in the fat. Um, there's some good properties about that. The good properties are is that you don't have to take vitamin D every day. You can actually take it um, once a week. I mean, you actually could take it every 19 days because that's what the half-life is of vitamin D. Um, I do know some people that take high doses once a month when it comes to injections So, because it does stay in your body longer. Now, let's talk about toxicity. When I was in pharmacy school, and if you look at the back of most multivitamins, it's going to have some vitamin D in there, and it's going to say 400 units. Now, there's really not a specific USRDA, United States Recommended Daily Allowance for Vitamin D. That's a whole other topic. But um, usually what it is is it's under that 400 units a day is what used to be kind of what was recommended. Um, and that's why you'll see that in multivitamins. <clears throat> but we have since found out that to really have optimal levels of vitamin D, you need between five and 10,000 units a day. And you, you usually can't get that in a multivitamin. You can't fit that much stuff in a multivitamin. So you would need a separate capsule of vitamin D. So usually vitamin D has to be taken separately. Um, vitamin D is absorbed in the gut. It is converted in the liver, um, in the kidney and peripheral tissues. So it is absorbed. I was going to say, well, but it is absorbed better if you take it with a, um, like a fatty meal or you take it with food so you can produce, because like any kind of fat soluble thing, it's not absorbed as well because it doesn't dissolve like it would, like, like water soluble stuff would. So you need something to actually help it dissolve. So um, when you take any kind of food in, especially a fatty food, it'll help vitamin D product. It'll help vitamin D absorption. And one of the ways it does that is it helps your stomach produce stomach acid and you know, stomach acid kind of gets vilified sometimes. Um, but without that, we could not absorb our nutrients. Let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about some of the strong antacids, omeprazole, the, the um, proton pump inhibitors, um, ranitidine, which has been taken off the market, but like the H2 antagonists, you know, um, which was Zantac. Zantac, omeprazole, Prevacid, all those, they're made to decrease stomach acid production because people were getting what's called reflux, GERD. They're getting reflux. Well, they're getting reflux because of a bad diet. So what do we do in, in modern day medicine? We give them a strong antacid. Well, guess what? Um, our bodies are created to have acid tummies. Our tummies are made to be acidic. Our stomach should be acidic. Why should our stomach be acidic? Just like I told you, because it helps dissolve certain minerals uh, and vitamins and nutrients so we can absorb them properly. If we are don't have an acidic stomach because we are on those chronic medications that decrease our stomach acid because we're having problems with reflux or burping all the time, that is a that is a diet issue and you need to change your diet. You don't need a medication to decrease your stomach acid the rest of your life. And what then happens is that we have a decreased um, production of stomach acid and our stomach is used to having a thick lining to protect it, to protect the stomach from being burned. It's a mucosal lining. And when we, and the acid actually makes that thicker. And so when we don't have the acid anymore, we don't have that thick stomach lining. And then when we try to get off, off those acid blockers, it's really difficult. So um, very important. If you're on one of those, um, you know, long-term, you need to make some changes. Uh, okay. So, 
vitamin D sources, sunlight I talked about, dietary, um, milk, juice, salmon. Uh, here's one of the issues is that really honestly to get enough vitamin D in your diet, you would have to eat lots and lots of those probably then, especially if you're eating um, the uh, milk or orange juice, you're going to get way too many calories. So I normally recommend that patients have to supplement with vitamin D. Again, vitamin D3 equals cholecalciferol. That's when I say vitamin D, that's what I mean. The active form of vitamin D um, the um, has only half-life of five to eight hours, but the the hydroxy, the 25-hydroxy vitamin D has a longer half-life. That's how it's stored in your body. That's the one that's important to get tested. Um, do not order the shorter, the shorter one, don't, you know, which normally if you go to your doctor, they don't order that one, hopefully. But it's important to know to know that. So this is I get this question quite often about conversion of um, international units because we look at vitamin D, it's international units, not milligrams. And this is can get very very confusing even for somebody that's a pharmacist like myself. But in general, a thousand units of vitamin D equals twenty five milligrams of twenty five micrograms of vitamin D. But what's important is that you just know the units. It's really a standardized way to to look at the efficacy of the vitamin D and it's kind of, it can be a little confusing when you get into the details of it. Here's what's important about vitamin D. You'll notice that if you get your levels checked, it will say a normal is 30 to 100. Um, but what's normal, as we've talked about many times on our podcast, what's normal and what's optimal is two different things, okay? So make sure you have an optimal level of vitamin D, which I like to see as over 60. Um, is an optimal level of vitamin D. And most patients need between five and 10,000 units a day to get an optimal level of vitamin D. And I will ask, some people say, well, I need to only need to take it in the winter. Okay, I guess in Western, in, in Eastern Washington or Northern, in the Northern latitudes, you could say, okay, well, I get enough sunlight. Here's what I will tell you. What do we do when we go out in the sun in the summer? Sure, we, we might be out more, but what do we do? We cover up and we use sunscreen, which negates the production of vitamin D. So mo I, I recommend to most patients that they take it year-round. Some patients might have to double their dose in the winter, but vitamin D usually we need year-round because most of us aren't out in the sun enough. And let's talk about toxicity of vitamin D. Let's talk about um, overdosing of vitamin D. You might have, if you're on vitamin D, you might have some doctors or pharmacists that aren't educated on vitamin D, and they're saying, wow, you're taking 10,000 units a day. You're going to overdose on this. Let me tell you this. If you sunbathe completely naked for like 20 minutes in the sun, your body produces like 30,000 units of vitamin D. So to think that we can overdose on 10,000 units a day of oral vitamin D is probably not going to happen. So realize that, that um, vitamin D is not necessarily as dangerous as we once thought. I'm not saying we can over, can't overdose on it because we definitely can. But um, 400 units is not enough and 10,000 units is probably not too much. Um, what are some things that uh, vitamin D deficiency has been linked to? Well, I talked about it with bone health, osteoporosis for one, but the list goes on. Inflammatory bowel disease, infertility, multiple sclerosis, breast cancer, prostate cancer, depression. Vitamin D, again, is a hormone. That's why it can help for depression because it does so many things. Um, seasonal affective disorder, also called SAD. 
when we usually get that in the winter, it's from decreased production of vitamin D. So vitamin D is very, very important um, for a mood. Uh, chronic pain, hypothyroidism, that's one of the reasons I'm talking about vitamin D today because your thyroid will not work optimally without plenty of levels of vitamin D. So it's definitely an underdiagnosed problem in institutions. It, it is a chronic problem in nursing homes um, for obvious reasons because patients aren't getting outside at all. So um, don't don't forget about those um, people. So um, think about that um, epilepsy. Vitamin D is very important for brain health. So um, can can make a difference with epilepsy. So it's just I think one supplement that you can take. I think it's vitamin D because it does so much. It's inexpensive, and most patients need more of it. So uh, there are injections I talked about, um, but those obviously aren't very convenient, and they're once-a-month injections usually, but obviously they're not as convenient. And oral, it is absorbed well orally if you especially take it with a meal. Um, and, you know, the oral the oral is, is very inexpensive. So I, I, I definitely recommend um, oral 5,000 to 10,000 units a day. Um, we kind of already talked about that, but just realize that there are some prescription forms of vitamin D that aren't vitamin D3, and there's really no reason to get the prescription forms. I know some people will like to, some doctors will prescribe the, the vitamin D with a prescription, and it's not cholecalciferol, the active vitamin D um, that I'm talking about. And they'll do that so it'll be covered on people's insurance. Realize that that's D2. It's not D3, the active form of vitamin D. And realize that vitamin D3 is inexpensive anyway. So, you know, the prescription stuff is non-necessary. And just because your insurance covers it does not mean it's better. In fact, many times it means it's probably worse. So the over-the-counter vitamin D is very inexpensive. I'm a big fan of using the over-the-counter vitamin D if it's vitamin D3, cholecalciferol. Um, you do have to monitor for toxicity uh, or for, for levels, monitor for levels. But once you know, I think, um, kind of where you're at, I um, I don't think you need to monitor, over-monitor. Um, I What I usually recommend is patients start taking 5,000 units a day. And once they take 5,000 units a day, then get their levels checked because chances are they're going to be low already. So if you get a level checked as a, as a baseline, you know it's going to be low anyway. So it's kind of a wasted test, wasted money. Take 5,000 units a day, then get tested, see where you're at, and then make changes from there. So going straight into thyroid hormone, that's what our presentation was named today. And what did your doctor maybe not tell you about thyroid hormone? I can tell you, I think for women especially, um, you know, we talk about estrogen, how important women are how important estrogen is for women. And we, you know, at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy, we that's basically what we do is we we balance people's hormones, males and females. And um, I will tell you, you know, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, thyroid for women, one of the ones they wouldn't want, if most women, the one they wouldn't want you to take away from them is probably their thyroid. Now, if they're having hot flashes, they're going to want to keep their estrogen. But if they've gone past the hot flashes, they are not going to want to give up their thyroid because it makes them feel so much better. What do I mean? What does it make them feel better? Um, thyroid helps um, to to um, helps libido, helps energy, helps mood. Um, 
you know, if you decrease weight gain, um, it can help. Brittle nails are, are symptoms of low thyroid. Uh, hair falling out are symptoms of low thyroid. So having a balanced thyroid is ultra important to make you feel optimal. Um, what is thyroid? So I, I use that term pretty generically, right? But realize there are, well, at least four different thyroid hormones in the body. We're going to talk about uh, two of them. Levothyroxine, which is T4, um, um, thyroxine 4, and lyothyronine, which is T3, thyroxine 3. One of the reasons they're called T4, well, the reason they're called T4 and T3 is they're simple molecules. They're made up of L-tyrosine, which is amino acid, and T4 has four iodines. You've heard about how important iodine is for thyroid function, and T3 has three iodines, okay? So... But here's what's really important about knowing that, knowing the difference between those is that T4 has to be converted to T3 to be active. T3 is the active form of thyroid. I Just think about that in the back of your mind and stay tuned for the rest of the presentation because I'm going to tell you later why that's important. But right now, what I want to teach you about is natural thyroid versus bioidentical thyroid versus synthetic we can name these many, there's many different terms for it, but I, I, the term natural is used a lot when it comes to thyroid hormone. So when I think about natural thyroid, I will get calls all the time from people. It's like, well, I want natural thyroid. Well, the only natural thyroid that is commercially available is um, called armor thyroid. That's also the generic armor thyroid is porcine thyroid. Porcine means it comes from pig source. It is literally ground up pig's thyroid. It is natural, absolutely. It is natural to a pig, not necessarily natural to a human. Now, that being said, I'm not saying armor thyroid is bad. Um, I think in a lot of ways, it's better for some patients than just plain T4 levothyroxine. Remember the brand name of levothyroxine is also known as Synthroid, the most commonly prescribed medication in 2016. And many patients don't do well on it because they don't convert the active form of T the T4 into the active form of T3. So it's very important to know what their T3 numbers are. So a lot of times if you give them armor thyroid, they will feel better. Um, so armor thyroid comes from pigs. It's also known as NP thyroid is another brand name. Um, you know, but it's st still the same active ingredient, porcine thyroid. And it does have a combination of T4 and T3 in it. So some patients will do better on it. Now, I will also get the question is like, well, is the levothyroxine, lyothyronine, we make up a cup, a custom, we can make up custom doses at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy because we're a compounding pharmacy. We can make up a dose of thyroid specifically for an individual based off a lab test. Um, and when I get a question, it's like, well, is it natural? Well, remember, it's a simple molecule, L-tyrosine and iodine. And it is not natural. It is synthesized in a laboratory. But... It is an exact copy of what our body makes up. So it is bio-identical. Bio meaning life, identical. Identical to what's in our body. So it's not natural, but it is bio-identical. It's synthesized in a laboratory to be an exact copy of what's in our body. Um, but the, T, the porcine thyroid is natural. It is not an exact copy of what's in our bodies because it was from a pig. and is literally ground up pig's thyroid. There are things in there 
that we don't know what are in there. T1 is in there. We know that. And we know there's some iodine in there. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but there's things that we don't, that we, that are in there that we don't know that are in there. Many things that might be some things, which might be specific to a pig and not to a human. And I'm guessing that's probably the case. So that's why that natural thyroid, nature thyroid, NP thyroid, or arm, armor thyroid, some patients don't do well with it because they mount an immune response to it. Um, because it's a foreign substance to them. So they mount an immune response to it and they don't do very well with it. What are some low thyroid symptoms? I kind of went over it a little bit already. Depression, weight gain, hair loss, decreased libido, um, increased sensitivity to cold. I forgot that one. But if your extremities especially are cold a lot, it could be because your thyroid is not um, um, in balance. Here's another big one. We see this all the time when it comes to um, cholesterol. We see a patient in their 40s, whether it be male, whether it be female, and they're on a high cholesterol medication. All of a sudden, they get prescribed a cholesterol medication because their cholesterol is out of balance. It's been good for the first 45 years of their life. Now, all of a sudden, they have a deficiency in Lipitor or some kind of statin, one of the statin drugs, which if you follow me on this podcast, um, you'll know that I'm not a big fan of the statin medications, and I'm not a big fan of how we vilified cholesterol because we would die without cholesterol. So there's a lot more problems with cardiovascular health than cholesterol for sure. And we have a podcast specifically on that if you if you want to um, go back and look at that podcast. But thyroid, because it helps with metabolism, helps to metabolize cholesterol. So many times when we get high cholesterol in our 40s or 50s, it could be due to low thyroid. So the treatment not is necessarily not to prescribe a medication to lower your cholesterol. Check your thyroid. And of course, always check your testosterone too because testosterone can lower cholesterol too. So uh, those are some of the symptoms. Why do people have poor thyroid function? Well, as we age, our, our thyroid just naturally decreases in function as most all of our hormones go down in age. So thyroid is no different. But um, also, as we age, we decrease the conversion of T4 to T3. Remember, T3 is the active form. Um, sometimes we'll have increased um, binding. We need the thyroid hormones, like all hormones. They work in receptor sites. They're 3D molecules. They're not 2D. So they got to fit in like a lock and a key into each receptor individually. So um, if they're, they're bound to any kind of protein, um, blood protein that's floating around in the blood, if they're bound to one of those proteins, they can't fit in the receptor site. So they will not turn on the mechanisms that they need to to um, um, uh, work optimally. Increased binding, what causes increased binding? Other hormone imbalances can cause increased binding. Too much estrogen, um, too high of cortisol. Um, other medications can cause that too. Birth control pills. Birth control pills, very common that when somebody goes on birth control pills, they get decreased libido and they get decreased um, energy and some weight gain. That's because it's messing up their thyroid function. It's messing up their testosterone function. And it's important to know that side effect of birth control pills. Um, other nutrient de deficiencies that will decrease the conversion of T4 to T3, vitamin D. I just talked about it. Make sure the vitamin D is optimal. Selenium, um, iron, of course, iodine, and other B vitamins are important also. Obviously, uh, not obviously, but you can take too much iodine too, and then you become thyroid resistant. So, and a lot of the hypothyroid symptoms, symptoms of low thyroid, if your dose too high, you'll also get those same symptoms. So realize that it's important balance. You need to, you need to um, go to a person that really knows how to balance thyroid.
So what should you get tested? I think this is a very important, and this is kind of what I want to talk about, what your doctor might not tell you about thyroid function. Um, is traditionally, if you're on thyroid or even if you're not, they'll do a screening um, of what's called TSH, which is thyroid-stimulated hormone, and that's how they check your thyroid function. So thyroid-stimulated hormone is actually a pituitary hormone. It is not thyroid hormone. It's a pituitary hormone, and the pituitary stimulates the thyroid to produce hormone. So if TSH is too high, then that means your pituitary is being overstimulated to try to produce more thyroid. And if you give thyroid um, exogenously, you take it, um, it will lower that TSH because it'll, it's a negative feedback loop. It'll tell, it, it'll tell your pituitary, oh, I've got enough thyroid hormone. I don't need any more TSH. Or I don't need as much TSH. So your pituitary will shut that production off. So, But it's just there's a lot more to it than that. And because TSH is a is a pituitary hormone, when you monitor thyroid function, you don't necessarily get the active, you're not testing for the active hormone in your blood. So you don't know what those levels are. Well, one of those active hormones is T3. And I'm going to specifically say free T3 because remember we talked about protein binding. You want to know how much is free from protein so they can um, work at the receptor site. And many times we see patients that come in and their TSH, which a normal TSH is anywhere from 0.5 to 5. Remember, that's a huge range. So we'll see all the time. And the higher the number, the worse your thyroid's working. We'll see patients all the time. They'll have a TSH of 4.0. They'll decrease libido, decrease energy, weight gain. They feel cold. Their hair's falling out and they have brittle nails. And, you know, the doctor will tell them, well, I, I don't know. It it's, must be in your head because your thyroid is normal. Well, what's normal and what's optimal is two completely different things, for one. So let's think about that. But let's also think about free T3. Do they check their free T3? What kind of active thyroid function do they have? And many times we'll see that their free T3 is low, even if they're on thyroid. Um, you know, a lot of times they're on just T4, levothyroxine, the most, the most popular drug prescribed in 2016. And if they're on that, they're usually only be tested by TSH and they're not checking their free T3. Well, if they're not converting the T4 to the active form of T3, they're not going to feel better. Their TSH level will go down because um, TSH responds to T4, but they don't have a good T3, and they're not going to feel good. So I'm a big believer in that labs are a tool to go along with symptoms and history and you know work towards optimal levels, not just n normal levels, because um, we don't know a lot of times when a patient's having those symptoms, you know, and they're, let's say they're in their 50s, well, what were they when they're in their 20s when they felt normal? They could have been on the higher end of, of normal. So it's important to work towards optimal levels and treat a patient, not just a lab level. I talked a little bit about the commercially available thyroid. Um, Synthroid is the levothyroxine. Synthroid is a brand name available commercially. Um, Lyothyronine, uh, generic lyothyronine. Uh, T3 is commercially available as Cytomel. Here's one of the problems with T3 and Cytomel. Um, and, and it's the same thing with Armour. Armour thyroid, porcine thyroid comes from pig source. But here's one of the disadvantages of them. T3 has a short half-life. With It varies between patients, but it has a short half-life, which means it doesn't work very long in the body. Anywhere from one to six hours it works, depending on the patient. Now, T4 has a long half-life. Um, like seven days. 
So you can take levothyroxine. In theory, you could take it once a week. That's not always the most convenient, but in theory, you could. Um, I still like dosing it, dosing levothyroxine once a day because it has a narrow therapeutic range. The armothyroid and the cytomel, if you do supplement with those, T3 has a short half-life. So you can take that in the morning, but it'll be worn off by noon. So I, I like the idea of a compounded sustained release form of T3, which is what we focus on at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy. It allows dosing of both hormones in one capsule, but it also allows varying of those doses. Armor thyroid, porcine thyroid, one of the disadvantages of it, it's got a fixed ratio of T4 to T3. 38 micrograms of T4 to 9 micrograms of T3 plus or minus a little bit. Um, you can't vary that ratio. So let's say you need more T3 but don't need more T4. You double the dose of – and you double the dose of porcine thyroid. Well, you're going to give them more T4 they don't necessarily need. Um, so that's what I like about compound is we can customize the dose based on your labs and based on your symptoms and history. We can change that ratio of T4 to T3 to whatever is the most optimal. And then you can take one capsule in the morning because it's slower, it's slower release. And that's how our body produces thyroid. Think about how our body produces hormones. Our body does not produce all hormones all at once and, and, and say, okay, I, I, I'm gone. I'm, I'm going to produce them all in the morning. It usually produces them slowly throughout the day. Most of them going down throughout the day and they're lower at night, but that's how our body does that based on a diurnal variation. And um, that actually is kind of concludes my presentation on thyroid. I, takeaway points. Here's what I would say. Here's what I recommend um, to most patients. Vitamin D takeaway point. Most patients need between five and 10,000 units. Simple starting point. Um, take 5,000 units a day orally and then get che checked like eight weeks later if you want if you want to find out where your optimal levels are. And then with thyroid, I suggest if you have any of the symptoms of low thyroid, make sure your doctor does a free T3 test. TSH, free T4, and free T3, which is the most important. Do all of those and make sure they're all in optimal, especially the free T3 is an optimal range. And then a trial of some kind of combination of T4, T3, thyroid um, to see how you do on that and um, check labs Check labs eight weeks later. And, of course, follow symptoms and history. Realize labs, I, I, you know, let me touch on this. Realize labs, thyroid labs, we used to have thyroid. Armor thyroid is like almost 100 years old. And we never really found a good lab to check thyroid until the 1970s. So we used to monitor thyroid function way before we had fancy labs. Again, labs are a tool to go along with symptoms and history. So as always, you can give us a call at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy, 509-764-2314, or check out our website, www.mlrx.com. And as always, you can catch us on YouTube. This will be available. This is, we're streaming live on YouTube and Facebook right now. So the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Facebook site and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube site, we have hundreds of videos to access on hormone replacement and many other educational topics. Um, as we grow our video selection, um, we stream live most, day, most weeks on Thursday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., um, which is our midweek podcast on Mondays, 1 to 2 p.m., and this coming Monday, speaking of hormones, we are going to have Alina. She's a naturopathic physician and trained in both um, um, 
naturopathic medicine and Western medicine. We're going to have her on to talk about aging and hormones Monday. So don't miss that one, 1 to 2 p.m. As always, thank you for watching Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Catch us Monday. Thank you for watching. 